Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Fantasy basketball managers, before you pull up to your draft, you need to have the necessary info so you can dominate this season and bring home your league title. In this episode, my special guest is going to break down how you can identify NBA fantasy sleepers and busts. Stick around until the end because he's also going to give us an exclusive list of players to target and also the ones to avoid. Welcome to the Believe in Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The weekly show dedicated to helping fantasy managers like you crush your league and bring home multiple championships. Now, your host, Robin Marks. We believe every NBA fan who plays fantasy football should also play fantasy basketball. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and and odds from week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl. Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember, use the promo code Believe to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. I am wild hype right now. You have no idea. My man, Mitch Casey, is pulling up to the Believe in Fantasy Basketball podcast like he's going to drop some fantasy basketball gems on your headpiece. Mitch is the host of the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball podcast and one of the most talented, brilliant analysts in this space. We are honored to have him. My, my man, my friend, my boy. Mitch Casey, all the way from Australia. Welcome to the show, Mitch. Hey, mate. Yeah, it's good to have you. That was quite the hyped intro. I feel like uh, I've got to bring the heat now after that. So thanks for having me on. M- Listen, Mitch, you you have provided so much value to me over the years. Um, so I'm really just pumped to, to have you share some of those nuggets with my audience as well. Yeah, no, I'm very, very keen. Always very happy to talk fantasy hoops and, uh, yeah, drop as much knowledge as I hopefully can and, Hopefully it all, all comes to fruition this season, but uh, it's getting exciting now. We're less than a month away from the start of the NBA, so yeah, we're really counting down now. Very cool. So uh, first question I have for you is, how can identifying sleepers, like doing the research to find out who the guys people are sleeping on, who are like tucked in the cut that people don't know about those names that ring bells later on in the season. How do fantasy managers get ahead, but also what are the benefits of doing that research to figure out who those sleepers are? 
Yeah, so I think um, the, the funny thing about sleepers is that a lot of the time we talk about sleepers, but it also comes into the caveat of where are players getting drafted. So a lot of the time, um, the traditional sleeper would come from players that you'd maybe never heard of before. But if you're one, uh, someone who's played fantasy before or are tuned into other podcasts or analysts or whatever, you're probably going to be aware of these guys. If you are a bit newer to fantasy basketball, these guys might be a bit newer to you. Um, but to me, it's all about where players are going in drafts and it does change a lot depending on the format of drafts as well. So for example, if you're drafting over on Yahoo, the sleepers will be different for a points league as they would be for a uh, category league. And, um, also knowing the difference between what your settings are compared to the standard settings or anything like that. So for example, if you're in a points league, a lot of the rankings that are there, dictate where players are going that Yahoo does as an example, but Yahoo tries to thread the needle a little bit and rank them right in between their category value and their points league value, which for some players is the same, but for some players it's dramatically different. Um, So a good way to identify some sleepers is just to make sure that you know where a player should be going in your format versus other formats. And if the ranking or the average draft position is dictated by that, um, and I guess the other several things you can think about are, you know, opportunity. Like, is this player stepping into a larger role? Is this player someone that is a younger player that we've shot, we've seen signs of them improving, like second half of last year, after the All-Star break last year. Maybe they got traded after the deadline or before the deadline and really had a better situation. Is that going to continue this season? So those kind of things are, I guess, a bit more of like the um, the general things that I look for when, looking for sleepers and, and, and things like that as well. Very good. Very good. So, so talk to me like I'm a person who just started, right? So I just started like, hey, my, my friends at my, my job, are, you know, they're starting this league. No. I'm in fantasy basketball. I'm in a category leagues. I don't know what that is. What strategies or resources even, if you have some analysts or some websites where they could get some of the information so they could develop those strategies to even identify sleepers? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, there's a lot to, especially if you're new to category leagues and you're coming from like a points league um, scenario. So maybe you've done like fantasy football or something like that and you're coming to a, a fantasy basketball when you're trying out category leagues for the first time. It's very different. So um, I would definitely send people to, well, two main resources. Number one, ballboysemi.com. <laughs> you can go and check that one out. Uh, but number two also is uh, uh, Basketball Monster is a really good website. You don't even need to sign up. Even just using their rankings tools that they have over there from previous seasons, you can get a good idea of where players ranked um, in category leagues. You can also get a sense of you know things like punting if you wanted to explore that um, and how players were valued in different categories. For example, like a player that scored 25 points per game, that value is equal to someone scoring something like... Oh, sorry, giving like eight assists per game. So those two things are equal in their own separate categories. Together, they can provide different amounts of value. Um, But just going through those kind of uh, sites, you can have a look at things like, you know, how did players rank in the last three months or the last two months of the season? And you can sort of see players' trajectories and and, and things like that. And the last thing would be maybe just being across all of the depth charts in the NBA. So who's projected to start this season, who's maybe wasn't starting last year, has a different role this year. Um, There's a bunch of different websites you can do that, but just knowing sort of in a rough idea who's set to have a starting role or a high minutes role this season. Love that. And I love that you mentioned fantasy football. Like, Like I said at the beginning, one of my missions is folks who are NBA fans 
who are playing fantasy football to at least try out fantasy basketball, right? Yeah. I, I think there's like this whole idea that, oh, no, it's too much work. Like, I can't like, I got to do that every day. Like, what do you mean? Like, like there's, I got to work every single day. But people who do fantasy football put in mad work, <laughs> like a yeah. lot of work. So since when as fantasy players, are we like running from the work? That's a whole nother episode. I do try, have a try a weekly changes league. I mean, that's, that's a thing yeah. in fantasy basketball as well. Like give that a go. I think it's definitely something that, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of and uh, yeah, it's, it's a nice transition from a football sense. That's good. Unpack that a little bit uh, because I think the, the weekly changes leagues maybe don't get enough love. Why don't you explain to folks what that is and and how that works? Yeah, so weekly changes league. So just like in uh, fantasy football, you've got like a week for basketball. Typically, it's like Monday to Monday. Um, and so when you get to the first game on your Monday evening, as soon as that player plays um, that first game, he's locked in. So you would kind of get your starting spot figured out or starting team figured out. So say you've got 10 starters you would choose, okay, these are going to be my players that I got to lock in for the, the 10 games, also the 10 players this week. And then as soon as they play, they're locked in. So you need to take into account, I don't know, who's got the most amount of games played this season, uh, this week, for example. Like some teams might play three games, some teams might play four. Usually it's between three or four, but you might every now and again get a team that's playing two games. I think there's like one or two times some teams play five games, but it's usually between those three or four. And so that can be like some decisions you got to make between your back end of the roster. But for the most part, you're going to put your best players out there. And um, it just means that that's locked in for the week. And then next week comes over, you make those decisions again. So it is very similar to a fantasy football in that kind of a sense. I love that you shared that. There's one fantasy football analyst that I follow. I won't say his name because I don't want to call him out. But he's hilarious, right? And for me, I'm a bit of a personality myself. So I get it, you know when it comes to like entertaining your audience. But one thing that he does, Mitch, he like calls out injured players and labels them as busts. So he'll be like, oh, you drafted Aaron Rodgers? Like I, to I told you he was, I told you he was gonna get injured. He's a bust, like, <laughs> right. he's, he's a bum, he's a bust. Like it's wild. I'm like watching and I'm like, yo, in his comment sections, people are like, how could you say that and like have a heart, you know, he's firing back. So the question for you is when a fantasy basketball player gets injured, we draft them high. Let's say our first round guy. Would you consider that a bust? I mean, yeah. I mean, but could you predict that? <laughs> I mean, that's a different story. So like if, if you draft, you know, and touch on wood here, uh, if you draft Nikola Jokic, like pick one and then two weeks in the season, he does his knee and he's out for the rest of the season. Well then, yeah, that's a bust. Like, like at the end of the day, that pick didn't go well. It, it didn't go well. But the logic that you have behind him selecting him at number one, like that shouldn't take that away because anyone is at risk of having an injury at any point this season. There is always luck involved in, in fantasy sports. So um, retrospectively, it's a bust. But at the same time, taking into account or predicting injuries, I think is not the way to go about it going into the draft. Um, only if you know that a player is coming into the season with an injury, then you maybe have a little bit more of a, you discount them a bit more. If they've got a history of injuries and things like that. But I mean, I guess, yeah, they are a bust, but you can't really predict those sort of things in my opinion. 
hey, Mitch, I know you touched, knocked on wood there, but I don't believe you just described the Jokish injury <laughs> on, on air. <laughs> I don't, oh my gosh. Like the fan, yeah, Well, come, the come and find gods. me if it happens, guys. Come and find me. Seek me out. The fantasy gods, please <laughs> protect, protect the Joker. No, I'm joking, man. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, so listen, um, one thing I want to make sure we're super intentional about is making sure that we provide these folks with some like actionable, actionable, you know, tips and advice. So are there any rookies or young players that you're keeping an eye on as potential sleepers? And and how do you evaluate their fantasy potential? Yeah, I mean, rookies, they're, they're the mystery box, right? Like we haven't seen them play in the NBA, so they can get very uh, enticing. For the most part, rookies suck in the NBA. Um, there's there's a few exceptions. Like I think a few years ago, we had Carl Anthony Towns. Um, he put up close to first round value. And I think there are two guys this season which are going to be those kind of exceptions in Victor Wemanyama and Chet Holmgren. Now, I don't necessarily think I'd call them sleepers. They're probably going about sometimes even a bit too high because of the hype going to the season. So they're ones to think about. But if in terms of sleepers or guys you can get late, I'm a big fan of both the Thompson twins. So Amen Thompson and Asar Thompson. I think both of them put up crazy stats for Overtime Elite. We were a bit unsure about how they would come into the NBA and that competition and how those stats translate. But they came into the Summer League and did the exact same thing. So it so far, it looks like they're going to be really good fantasy players if they get the minutes. That's the question, though, is are they going to get the minutes and how long does it take for them to get the minutes? I, I believe that Asar has a clear path to get at least decent minutes in the mid-20s, if not starting soon. He's only really behind Bojan Bogdanovic and Isaiah Stewart. I don't think Isaiah Stewart's going to be a successful power forward. I think he's more of a backup center. So I think that Asar could easily find himself in a starting three or four position. And then Amen, his brother, I believe is the better fantasy player, but he is stuck a bit behind Fred Van Vliet, uh, Jalen Green. But now that Kevin Porter Jr. is basically going to be out of this team um, and not playing the rest of the season, he definitely has a role. Even if he doesn't start, he should be probably their sixth man. And again, in that amount of time, he's probably got enough um, to get in there and get minutes and rack you up steals, rebounds, blocks, assists. Um, he should be pretty good. He might not score a whole lot, but he'll get you a lot of other things. I love that. So let's talk quickly. You talked about Wimby. I want to yep. just get your take on Wimby because I'm I'm like on the record. I'm I'm pretty low on Wimby. It's just too many red flags for me. I'm I don't get hype off of names, right? Like Zion yep. Williamson, you know, uh John Morant, whoever it was that people were hyped, even LaMelo Ball when he came out. I'm not hyped on him. And this guy. He's in a he's in an environment, right, where load management is a thing, like resting back to backs. What's your take on Wimby and where do you think fantasy managers should look at him? And if you could point to categories and points leads for this one. Yeah, so I think I think he's pretty comparable in both. Um, the thing I think about Wemby that is in his favor, a lot of the times where rookies do get overhyped, they're often the guards. They're off, the guards often come in and struggle. Their field goal percentage is poor. It's very hard to be a starting guard in the NBA. I think a lot of the times people think that big men take longer to develop. I actually think it's the opposite. I think guards take longer to develop because the standard is so high for those guards. Wemby's going to come in and he's going to block shots. Like that's... It's just guaranteed. He's seven foot five. His wingspan's inc- incredible. He's going to get rebounds. Um, 
And I think he's, he's a good free throw shooter as well. So those sort of things, you don't really have to worry about that necessarily taking or, or taking time to come up to speed. So he kind of has an inbuilt flaw, I think, from that point of view. The real thing that's going to define his season is how efficiently can he score um, and can he do anything in the assists and steals um, department. So I believe that he probably won't to the second point. And I think the first point, it might start poor and, and inefficient, but by the end of the year, by all-star break, by February, March, he should be doing a lot better. A lot of the times people talk about the rookie wall. I think that's nonsense. Rookies always get better as the season goes along. Um, but as you said, they will be handling him with kid gloves and they will be protecting him. He's their franchise, half a billion extra dollars as soon as he got drafted, um, kind of player. So they, any knocks, any injuries, they will put him on ice. Um, but in saying that, I don't think we should, you know, just label him an injury prone player because he's skinny. I think he's um I, I think he's gonna play close to 60, 65 games per year. So I think I think that's about where I'd have him. In terms of a draft range, I like him past 40 for both points and categories, I think is about right. I think when we get close to the draft season and we see preseason games that everyone gets crazy excited about him, he might go a bit higher than that. But he he does have a really good fantasy framework uh, to, to start his career. So, Mitch, the next question I have for you is where we where folks got to get their pens and, and, and papers right now. Get your pen and paper. Get your notes app. Get your, what do you use? Trello, your notion. Whatever you type in your notes in. I need my man Mitch Casey to drop some jewels on us. So the next question is, who are some under-the-radar players you believe could have sleeper value in the upcoming NBA season and why? All right, I've got a few names here. I've got a few names in different spots of the draft. Um, if anyone's followed anything that I've talked about, they probably know that I'm high on this guy. And the first guy I'm going to talk about is Evan Mobley. Um, I'm a big fan of Evan Mobley. He was the what was he number three pick um, two seasons ago. And last year, he was set to have a breakout, but Donovan Mitchell came over and he got better, but not by a whole lot. His actual his amount of shots he took was the exact same as his rookie season. He also played predominantly at power forward. And in the playoffs for the Cavs, they struggled a bit and had an early exit loss in the first round. And a lot of the heat came on to a player like Jarrett Allen. And a lot of the time, they were struggling with their offense. And so they've gone out and acquired a, a key player by the name of George Niang. And I actually think that that's a very underrated signing for them who he could play a bit more at the four and space the floor for them, moving Evan Mobley a bit more to play at center. So I think if Mobley plays more at center, he's going to see an increase in his rebounds. He's going to see an increase in his blocks and field goal percentage. There's also talk about him doing more playmaking uh, for this team as well. And if he's going to put up any more shots than he did his rookie season and second season, you could see him this guy go really, really high. He's got really high ceiling, into my opinion. I think he actually has a very small potential to be a first-round player this season. Probably not likely, but it's, you know, if we're going to talk about the Shea of this year, who was drafted in the 40s and ended up putting out first-round value, I, I think this could be the guy. So he's at 42 on Yahoo and often gets drafted at those sort of spots. So, um, yeah, he's he's my guy there. Um Next guy here, I've got Jordan Poole. Again, another my guy for this season. I think um, he's going to the Wizards. I think he's going to get all the shots he can handle basically this season. His biggest thing for him, though, is the free throw percentage and the amount of times he actually gets to the free throw line. 
Um, so I think he's going to be really, really good. His field goals is going to suck, but if you either punt that category or you're in a points league and don't worry about that sort of a thing, um, or you can draft some bigs later where they are available, I still think he's going to give you lots of value in points, threes, assists, and free throw percentage. Um, and then a couple more underrated guys that maybe aren't getting as much talked about this season. I've got Jakob Pertl. Uh, he's a guy that's criminally underrated every season, in my opinion. He, on Yahoo, was ranked 79th. I think that he, I think, was top 50 once he moved to Toronto last season. Gives you blocks, rebounds, field goal percentage. Gives you some good assists from a center position as well. I think his minutes will be higher than they were in the San Antonio system. Um, he showed that when he moved to Toronto last year. Really love him. John Collins is the next guy here. He's ranked at 100. This guy was top 52 seasons ago, and he's only 26 years old. He had, I think, um, some finger injuries last season, which left his shooting numbers well down. He's, um, like I said, he's been top 20 before. He's been top 50 very recently. Um, so just like Larry Markkinen, who had a bounce back season when he went to Utah, I think Collins maybe doesn't quite have that level of upside, but definitely can improve on what he did in the last season. And then my last guy, and I promise there's no Aussie bias here because I actually don't like the guy, but Ben Simmons is my last guy. He's ranked at 146 on Yahoo. So you're literally taking him with your last pick. And if he is going to be the starting point guard, like there is a little chatter about, um, then he's going to give you amazing rebounds, assists, steals, and field goal percentage. Good blocks from a guard as well. He won't score. He'll hit zero threes, but at you know the last round or two of the draft, you don't really care about that. And, um, I think he could be very big this season. So they're my, they're my five that I prepared for the show. Uh, any of them jump out to you? I mean, I, I really like that you said Ben Simmons. I think that he gets so much negative press, you know what I'm saying? Over the last few years, he's pretty much been, just been like a, a lump of coal, right? But where we're getting him, like back in a, like a few, just a few years ago, like he was an early round guy and oh, yeah. he does it all. You know what I'm saying? Scoring, rebounding, assists, even defense. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I really love that you mentioned him. Evan Mobley is another one that I really like. I think I saw um, your breakout video, breakout yeah. players, and you talked about him. And it's somebody I was thinking about, but because people are so quiet about him, I think he's going to fall under the radar. And I, yeah. I, I pray he has a big leap because I really love his game, especially in dynasty formats. I really have a lot of uh, uh, Mobley stock. He was a fun fact. He was the He's the youngest player to make an all-defensive team since Kobe Bryant. Um, the only person to do it, I think, in his second season. So he, he was incredible last year. Um, and yeah, I think he, he's still underrated because yeah, I think he's just one of those all-time talents. Um, and Cleveland, they're going to need him. They're going to He's the future of that franchise. So he's going to take a step forward, I think. Love it. So on the other side of that coin, on the flip side, which players do you think have the potential to be bust this season? And what are uh, the factors that contribute to that, to that risk? All right, let's piss some people off here. Um, I think that <laughs> my first number one guy here, I've just kind of... I'm, this is not in order. This is just in order in which they're ranked on Yahoo. But my number one player here... Pascal Siakam at 27, I think that this is far too high for him. I think the reason he's up this high is because I think people are getting excited about Fred Van Vliet leaving, but he also played 37 minutes last night uh, because Nick Nurse is a psychopath and plays his stars a lot of minutes. He's no longer the coach there anymore, so I expect his minutes to come down. And with that, the fantasy stats. He's also in a lot of trade rumors. There's talks about uh, Damon Lillard potentially going to the... Um, 
the Raptors. So there's just a lot of red flags. And if you're taking him in your second or third round, um, I think that you're asking for a lot of trouble. He also is just kind of average across the board. He doesn't really do anything exceptionally well except for score. And he gives you some decent assists from the center position. So I'd rather take him in the 40s to 50s than the 20s. I think that's too high. Next guy here is the player that I've probably got the most pushback against, and that is Nikola Vucevic. A lot of people get very defensive because he played all 82 games last season and was top 10 or something in totals value. But he also had a sky-high field goal percentage last year, 52%. If you look at his past three seasons, his past three seasons, he went 47, 47, 47% from the field. And um, if that comes back down to that average where we expect him to be, then he's going to slide dramatically because despite him maintaining his scoring because his field goal percentage went up, his scoring uh, or shot attempts have gone down the last three seasons. So he's slowly getting phased out of Chicago's offense. Uh, doesn't put up defensive stats. And I just think at 37, you're paying way too much for him. Jarrett Allen is kind of on the flip side of my high hopes for Mobley. I think he's going to come down in minutes this season. He put up nearly 33 minutes a game last season. Um, not many centers do that, especially centers that are a bit more one-dimensional. When you've got an Evan Mobley there, I don't see why you need to play Jared Allen 33 minutes. He's probably more of a 28 to 30 minute a night guy. And I think when you drop those minutes down a little bit, a lot of those stats just calm down. And then Paolo Boncaro, this is probably more category league specific because in a points league, he actually at 65 on Yahoo is probably undervalued. But in a category league, he just has poor free throw percentage. Poor um, steals, poor blocks, doesn't shoot threes. The field goal percentage isn't great, uh, even though I think it will improve this season. Um, and he's not really elite in anything uh, yet. So at 65, it's too high for him. And a similar story for Jalen Green. I think Jalen Green, he's at the stage where he's kind of trending in that RJ Barrett zone where he scores, he hits a few threes. He doesn't really do anything else. So again, points league, it's it's a bit better at 76. Probably not value like Bunkero might be because he doesn't get you those rebounds and assists. But in a category league, I don't think he's really a top 100 guy. Um, you're really on. You're really banking on him improving in several areas to even return this value, let alone beat the value. So I think that that's yeah, that's just not a successful formula for fantasy basketball. I love that. Yeah, and for me with Jalen Green. I'm I'm feeling like all he does is just buckets. And when you compare him to RJ Barrett, that's that that hit home because that's something that I know folks um you know have that kind of you know opinion of RJ that all he can do is score buckets. Paolo, I really like Paolo Banquero. From category leagues, I know he's not the best fit. I yeah. really like him. And I'm curious to see what he's gonna do in his second year. You know what I'm saying? Because Man, I really like him. So he could hit that. Like he's ranked 65 on Yahoo. He he could hit that, but I also think that there's a lot of room for him to disappoint you. So um you're kind of drafting him at his ceiling. And I just don't think that's the way you want to go. Yeah. And I like him a, a lot better in the points league, too. Like you said, I Me think too. that um, yeah. he's definitely a little more valuable there. Very, very dope. So you guys got tons of value, you right? And we got people with questions, Mitch. You're going to stick around and answer some questions with us. Oh, right? yeah, I got, I got time. Let's All do right, it. All right, cool. So before we go into questions, though, I want to uh, just talk about what we have going on at Ball Boys. Like, just tell people what's going on, what you got coming up next, and maybe how you got into fantasy. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I've been – the Ball Boys, uh, we're going to our fourth season 
at the moment. We started um, with a few friends of mine, uh, some people who are long-time listeners might remember, um, Callum McMullen, who helped form the Ball Boys, and a few other of my mates jumped on. Uh, since it's year two of me going solo, um, and also year two of the theballboysmba.com, which is basically a season draft guide, which I've done. Um, just building it year to year. I'm kind of doing it all on my own. So it's uh, I've been trying to add different things each season so far. So this season, I've added in my top 250 projections. I'm doing dynasty rankings as well. I've got a top 150 rankings for both category and points leagues. And we'll also be doing some exclusive Q&A podcasts for members who want to subscribe for the entire season. So um, that has launched in the last few weeks. So if you want to, you can go and check that out. Uh, There's a few different types of membership options that you can subscribe to. Um, But yeah, I... My wheelhouse is Category League Fantasy, but I'm doing a lot more points leagues this year as well. Um, so, yeah, all, forts, all forms of fantasy basketball. Um, and for any other Aussies out there, also dabble a bit in AFL Fantasy as well. But well, that's a that's a separate topic. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I was like, yo, they got like, what is it, rugby? Uh, <laughs> AFL, Aussie rules football. Yeah, but yeah, it's 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 a whole whole different thing. We, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll spend a whole different video on that. It caught me off guard. I was like, what? What happened? What, what is this? But it, it looks like it's it's growing really fast. You guys just mm. launched it in fall, right? Fall of last year? Yeah, yeah. Just uh, just in the new year. Yeah. yeah. It's, it looks like it's doing great, you know, for a new channel. New channel. Yeah, it's good fun. It's good fun. It's a, it's it. a good community over there. All right, cool. So we're going to get these questions. We're going to get into some questions. Uh, some of them are just comments, but we're going to go. I want to be mindful before I pull anything up. Uh okay, cool. This is a good one. My man David Vega. All right. David Vega says Jalen Johnson, a sleeper this year for sure. Wouldn't surprise me if he takes Bay's spot during the season and takes a leap. You have a take on that one? Yeah, he he's been a big target of mine for a little while. I've had my eye on him in dynasty formats for a long time. I think that to start the season, my projection is he comes off the bench to begin the year, but he's only got uh, Sadiq Bay, or he's also got DeAndre Hunter. I think you could move maybe Bay to the three and then put Jalen Johnson at the four, or you can just straight up put Bay on the bench and put Johnson in there. So there's a couple scenarios where he actually cracks the starting lineup. Um, the issue here is with his shooting ability and playing him next to a Kongu or Clint Capella. So the team might not want to do that because you run into spacing issues. So that's the only hesitancy that I have in terms of him making that leap. But if he does get on the court and if he does play 25 to 30 minutes a night, he will be really, really good. Um, so I do think he's worth a crack. But my confidence on that happening is probably not as high as maybe some of the other ones, um, other sleepers out there. Good stuff. Good stuff. Next up, we got my man Tristan. Tristan says, opinions on Scotty Barnes making a jump. Yeah, Scotty Barnes is an interesting one because I think he will improve then from last year, but I don't think it's to the point where people are drafting him. So I think he's um, at 51, I think, on Yahoo. Last year, he was the 77th ranked player. I think he makes a small step up because of Fred Van Vliet going. But the other thing that we need to keep in mind is that when Yucca Pertle arrived to the team last year, he actually got a lot worse because his rebounds went down his blocks went down and his field goal percentage went down. So compared to where he was last year before Jakob Pertl, Jakob Pertl coming onto the team and now Fred Van Vliet going, it's it's probably a slight net positive than the start of last year, but it's not as much of a positive that you might think because of Jakob Pertl bringing his rebounds and um, 
you know, blocks down. And again, you've got to throw in like Damian Lillard. Is he on the Raptors? There's a lot of talk recently about that being a thing. So I'm trying not to get too excited about it. I think his assists will go up. His scoring might go up. But again, his efficiency, the steals and blocks have actually kind of not been where you'd want them to be. The rebounds have been down. The field goal percentage is not great for a guy that doesn't shoot many threes. It could happen. I'm not 100% sold, though. Yeah, I'm out on um, Scotty Barnes this year. I think I think that the rookie of the year hype is something that stays with players for a couple of years. So uh, yeah, he never like, should have been rookie of the year. I think I think Mobley was was my guy. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, they're like, oh, he was a rookie of the year. Like, yeah, and I think just mentally, people feel like you know he's that guy, or, or yeah. he's, he's going to produce like that. I think so. Was Malcolm Brogdon over Joel Embiid? So <laughs> we can't put too much stock into that. Yep. Uh, Michael Carter Williams, was he one? Yeah, that's another one. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, you look at it, like I, I literally just did a video about him. Uh, yeah, I'm out on him. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Tristan, Tristan has another question. He said all of his questions are for points leagues. This one okay. is your thoughts on Cade's return. I'm assuming he's talking about Cade Cunningham. Yeah, Cade Cunningham. I, I, I'm a big Cade Cunningham fan. I think he has the very, very friendly fantasy game. When it comes to points leagues, points, rebounds, assists are your big, big ones you want to watch. And like this guy could average 25, 6, and 7. Um, and he could do it with a steal and nearly a block as a, as a bigger guard. So uh, I'm pretty keen on Cade Cunningham. I think that he is – last year he played, what, 12 games? Um it was an up and down 12 games. I don't think that's really reflective of what we can expect from Cade. So really he's going into year two. Um, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Cade. I think, I think he'll be just fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm super high on Cade. I'm like, I think in the same video I talked about Cade, I'm like super like method man and red man high on, yeah. on, on Cade Cunningham. He's got um, all that- the tools. He just needs to, yeah, just needs to take that next step. I was hiring him last year, you know what I'm saying? And heartbroken when he went down, you know, but yeah. I'm hoping. And also having a, a a high, like high level coach now, like yep. a winning coach, a coach with this bringing, bringing winning culture, I think is going to help him too. Agreed. All right. couple more. We got my man, Ronnie. How do we feel about the Blazers backcourt situation? Mm, this is a good question. Um, there's obviously lots to play out. I mean, where does Dame go? Um, is he traded before the start of the season? If he's traded, who comes back? There's so many questions here. I think the one thing I feel the most confident in is that Scoot Henderson will start. I think regardless of if Lillard is there, I think that he is the future of this franchise. And I don't think the Blazers are going to stunt his growth just because Lillard's still there. If Lillard's still there, I think they just play them together. Um, So I think that he's going to be there regardless. So I don't necessarily think my view of him changes it dramatically, even if Lillard is traded versus him not. I think he's going to be featured a lot. The biggest question mark for me is Anthony Simons and what he does and his relationship with um, uh, Sharp and what they do there. And do they start Sharp at the three? Do they bring Sharp off the bench? Who comes back in a trade? Is it a Tyler Hero? Is it someone like that? So that to me is the bigger question. Um, so for that reason, I'm actually quite low and down on uh, Anthony Simons because I don't think the team views him as a starting player for their future. He's more of a six man to me in their eyes. And I think he needs the ball in his hands to be a point guard to really get the most out of his fantasy value. I think he'd be more limited to like a points and threes kind of a guy. 
because of Scoot Henderson being there. Yeah, I think Anthony Simons, most of his like legitimate production happened when people were injured. Like when he was, yeah. when he put up, when he like had inflated numbers and we were like, oh, like he could be the one, everybody was out. So they needed to feed someone. And I think that people thought that maybe that would carry over, but drafting Scoot, like shut it all down. So I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. out on Anthony Simons too. Yeah. When he's a point guard, he, he can do things, but I don't think that little there or not, um, I don't think he'll be asked to be the point guard on this team because of, yeah, drafting Scoot. All right, we got another good one. This one is from Spectify from the Discord. What up, Spec? He says, who do you think would benefit more from the situation in Washington, Tyus Jones or Jordan Poole? Uh, to me, it's Jordan Poole. It's Jordan Poole quite comfortably. I think that we've seen Poole. It's, it's been funny watching the hype and then the fall off with Jordan Poole because beginning, like this time last year, everyone was really keen on Poole and I was pumping the brakes because... He was in a situation where he was coming off the bench behind Steph and Clay. The season prior to that, the reason people were keen on him was he had a season where I think for the first half of the year, Clay was injured. For the second half of the year, Steph Curry was injured. So I think in all but 15 games, he was a starting player for the Warriors. And I think he put up top 60 value in that time. Now he's going to be in a situation where, where he's the permanent starter. He's going to be between him and Kyle Kuzma, the number one or one B scorer and go-to guy. And for him to have that freedom for what he does is huge. For a player like Tyus Jones, I think he benefits. Obviously, he's probably going to start. But if we just look at his numbers starting in Memphis, whenever he started, he was starting because Ja Morant was injured. Um, so you're replacing a player with higher usage with Tyus Jones, whereas this time he's going to be playing next to a player with higher usage. Um, so he'll get you assists. He'll probably get you steals, but he's not going to score all that well, I don't think. Um, and he's not going to do a whole lot else with rebounds and blocks, field goal percentage. He'll just be okay. Um, but I think Poole has a real chance to be a big difference maker. Very, very nice. Well, listen, Mitch, this has been absolutely dope, fun, exciting having you here. You dropped so many nuggets on the folks. Any uh, final bits of advice or tidbits for folks going into fantasy drafts this year? Um, I just stay across Twitter. I think Twitter is important to be across. If you're not on there, jump on there. It's the fastest place to get news. Um, so jump on Twitter, follow everyone relevant, um, myself, or even just like, if you just wanted to jump on Shams and, and Woj, they're, they're, they're the go-to guys. So you get the news fast, um, I think would be the biggest advice for people out there that are not already across, uh, Twitter and all the news that drops over there. Very dope. And how can folks get in contact with you? Um, you can find me uh, on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it these days at Ball Boys Fantasy. Um, you can also follow me on YouTube, Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball uh, Podcast, Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get your pods. You check me out over there. Um, jump over to ballboysmu.com if you want to sign up to a season guide membership. You can get on there, ask me questions, um, and yeah, get all my thoughts on all the the players relevant in fantasy basketball this season. I told you we was bringing value this season. We on fire. We got, we in the future with all of our fans from Australia. My man, Mitch Casey from the Ball Boys just cooked up. So honored that he was on the show. Make sure you guys keep tuning in so you can continue to get these fantasy basketball gems. If you need help or you need advice, drop your questions in the comment section below. I promise I will respond to every single comment for this episode. And now, that you know about sleepers and busts, play the waivers, set your lineups, 
and check out the next episode, you freaking fantasy nerd. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Believe in Fantasy Basketball Podcast with Robin Marks. Join our free Discord community at BelieveInFantasy.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at BelieveInFantasy. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts.